I buy a comic that might cost more than a ton. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. So welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. And joined with me is... No one. Double kill. So this week, I'm joined by nobody. I'm just by myself. Spencer, um... I don't really know what happened to Spencer. Spencer's just like, yeah, I gotta take care of something. I'll be back. And then he went dark. So as any good podcast recorder would do is jump right into the news. So first little bit of news is Disney Plus slash Marvel Studios released the first trailer and poster for Hawkeye premiering November 24th. Um, I want to be honest with you guys who's, who, who's listening. Um, it doesn't look good. It just looks like a regular fucking superhero, whatever. Um, also, it honestly looks like it, like these characters are just the, uh, porn parodies of the actual superheroes. So moving on from variety.com, HBO Max is developing a series about the penguin that will be a spinoff of the Batman feature. Variety has learned from sources. Colin Farrell is set to play the notorious supervillain in The Batman. According to sources, Farrell has been approached to star in the spin-off series, but no deal is currently in place. Sources also say that Lauren LaFrance is attached to write the script for the project, which is in its very, very early stages. The show would supposedly delve into the Penguin's rise to power in the Gotham criminal underworld. The Batman... Director Matt Reeves and the film's producer Dylan Clark would executive produce the Penguin series under the Sixth and Idaho and Dylan Clark Productions banners, respectively. Warner Bros. Television would produce. Uh, cool. I haven't seen the movie, obviously, so I don't know how good the Penguin is, but seems pretty. Premature cummies, you know? Yeah. Okay. Netflix released the first teaser for Lock and Key Season 2, dropping exclusively on Netflix October 22nd. Cool. Haven't seen it. Hope you guys enjoy it. From GamesRadar.com Interlinked. Interlinked. What the fuck? So you're a ghost. Yes. Partially. Sort of. So you're a ghost now. Mm, how'd that happen? So, I took that week off yeah. where I was just tired. I needed a week off, right? Yeah, Everybody sure. knew that. That was that was scheduled. Uh, and then the next week, I got a phone call where I heard a bunch of crazy random words. Uh... Something like uh, a big booba, and then and one one seven. I don't know. It was just all uh, words and numbers that didn't make sense, right? It it didn't form a, a good sentence, right? It doesn't come up in normal conversation. And I awoke, like I had no idea what was going on. I just drove my ass to Montana, where I met my. Uh, sleeper agent right and our mission was to 
smuggle hand warmers through Canada into Alaska. So we were almost there. We could see the border and the Canadian cartel found us and disappeared us, right? And uh, that was actually when you got the text with that, that address, uh, I was... I, I texted the wrong person. I was trying to get uh, reinforcements in, and uh, you didn't come to save me. But anyway. But I did come. Uh, weeks of torture. Eventually, uh, the head of the cartel's daughter came and uh, rescued us, right? So she had a, a body double for us. And that's how you guys thought I was dead, right? We were trying to trick the Canadian cartel into thinking I was dead. And uh, one of their agents went rogue and just killed me and chopped me up into many pieces. Like, that happens all the time, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. So, we escaped. uh, And... She and I... Fell in love. Now I know you're fucking lying. It's true though. No. Yep. Wrong. No. no we. No. We. No. We, we did it. Absolute, no. We did the do. No. And her it father walked in and shot me right there, and that's how I actually died. And, and and I'm a ghost now. I don't believe that. I think. Yeah. I think I. I think you died by getting yourself caught in a door and you couldn't get out, so you starved to death. You got me. From GamesRadar.com, writer-artist Mike Mignola is coming out of his sort of comic book artist retirement to draw his first new comic book in five years, and it is not a Hellboy comic. Woo! Calm down. I'm coming in my shorts! Mignola is in the middle of drawing Sir Edward Grey Acheron? 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 Acheron. Acheron. Mm. I don't know. A one-shot comic set in the world of Hellboy, a.k.a. the Mignolaverse, as fans have come to call it. Of course. But instead focused on a 19th century paranormal investigator that is cursed with everlasting life thanks to some time spent in hell. This will be Mignola's first time drawing a full comic book since June 2016's Hellboy in Hell number 16, the finale of that series, and, according to Mignola, the finale of the Hellboy character. Even after Hellboy was finished with Hell, I knew I wasn't, Mignola says in the announcement. I'd relocated two of my favorite characters there, Edward Grey and Cochet the Deathless. I figured the two of them were bound to run into each other, and they will. But first, I had an unfinished bit of business for Ed to take care of on his own. It was a real pleasure to dive back into that world, and I look forward to getting back there again before too long. Publisher Dark Horse Comics calls Sir Edward Grey Acheron the next chapter in the Hellboy universe, which happens in the midst of Mignola expanding the universe's cast of characters from being just about Hellboy and the BPRD to Edward Grey, Cochet, the Deathless, and more. Mignola will be joined on Sir Edward Grey, Acheron, 
by his longtime colorist Dave Stewart and letterer Clem Robbins. The series will be edited by Katie O'Brien. Uh, that's a really interesting spelling of Katie. K-A-T-I-I. I hope I said it right. Very strange. Maybe it's Katia. I think it's Katie. I would assume. Okay. Sir Edward Gray Icheron goes on sale on December the 1st. I am so excited for this. Can you pre-order comics like this? I don't know. I haven't looked too much into it, but like I'm so excited for this comic. I've been... I I didn't realize how much I missed Mike Mignola art, but... Come on! Okay, I did. Shut up. I did. I bought two of his fucking books and shit like that. I bought a sketchbook, and I have all the Hellboy comics. I'm probably going to go back into them and read them. But yes, I miss, I miss Mike, and I miss Hellboy. But I understand that we can't have any more Hellboy comics, because he, Hellboy is put to rest, sadly. I don't know. It it doesn't make complete sense in my mind if Cochier the Destroyer or whatever and Sir Edward Grey meet in hell. Why <gasps> the hell can't Hellboy meet them? Because he's in the same place. Like, if, I if think... they're just wandering the barrenness of hell, they're eventually going to bump into each other at some point. Well, hold on. So Sir Edward Grey, is that a thing that's already going on? Uh, or is it new? Already still going on if it hasn't been completed already. I don't know. Oh, okay. So it has. So it started without Mike. It. I mean, it started. No, it like, is Mike. Yeah, but like I, not his art. Uh, no. Not until I, now. I think it's okay. A so artist. so that's why I had no idea about it because I don't really follow up unless if Mike's doing the art. So um, so I'll have to read that, but maybe it's a different point in time. Like, it's before Hellboy went to hell. Or because Hellboy is the ruler of hell. And, like, I think he, if I remember correctly, he, like, destroyed most of the things that made hell hell. I mean, they might see Hellboy once as, like, just a wise man or something. Right. But, like, I... I don't know. It's just... It, that Mike... That's not just That's just how Mike works his characters. He just... He can just feel it about... So yeah, the uh, it's written by Sir Evergrey Witchfinder, which is the omnibus I have at home that I'm going to read very soon, I promise. Uh, it's written by Mike, John Arcudi, Mara McHugh, and Kim Newman, and the artists are Ben Stenbeck, Tyler Crook, and John Severin. Pause. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. I'm going to shit my pants. Prove it. While Colin is in the other room shitting his pants, or not shitting his pants, uh, let's get on with the news. From DCComics.com, exploding out of fear state, much like the shit is exploding out of Colin's ass. I can hear it from here in case the microphone can't. Uh, exploding out of fear state in January comes a new 12-week event, Shadows of the Bat, from Eisner, Harvey, and Ignatz award-winning writer Mariko Tamaki, known for Crush and Lobo, Batman, Detective Comics, and artists Ivan Reese, known for Action Comics, and Danny Mickey, known for Batman. 
Max Rayner, known for Challenge of the Super Sons, Amanke Nahuelpan, known for Crush and Lobo, and Jordi Belair, known for Batman. Out of the ashes of Arkham Asylum, Arkham Tower rises in Gotham City, but the tower soon falls to the inmates, and Batman's allies are drawn back into the madness at the heart of Gotham and the plans of the mysterious Dr. Ware. Get ready for Shadows of the Bat as Mayor Nakano signs off on the new Arkham Tower and Batman and Nightwing grapple with their opposing ideas on the place of Arkham in Gotham City with a new villain, the Meager Man. Meager Man? It looks like a typo. I want to say Meager Man. The 12-issue event will also feature backup stories written by Matthew Rosenberg, known for Task Force Z, with art by Fernando Blanco, known for Catwoman, which explores Arkham's dark history. Uh, I am interested to see the dynamic of Batman and Nightwing arguing about uh, Arkham and its effectiveness and usefulness and... Uh, reasons for its existence and such. Uh, but the article really doesn't go into that. It, it, I could just be focusing in on a small point of the story. Um, speaking for my co-host Colin, in my best uh, impersonation, I don't give a shit. Three days later... So Colin has not returned yet. He might have fallen in, but I want to comment about uh, the piece of news that Colin read without me uh, in that Netflix is uh, bringing back Lock and Key Season 2 on October 22nd. So uh, I watched the first season... And I really liked it. It's probably one of the best Netflix originals that I've seen. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. But typically speaking, I have not really appreciated most of what Netflix has made on their own. Daredevil, of course, is the shining example of pinnacle Netflix television with Punisher just right behind him. Uh, Jessica Jones season one was all right. Um, I didn't make it to season two. Uh, Luke Cage was okay. Uh, Iron Fart kind of sucked. I mean, Iron Fist. Um, although Spencer has told me time and again that season two got better for Iron Fist. So someday I'll get back to that. Um, but yeah, uh, I just, besides Daredevil and Punisher, I just haven't enjoyed a Netflix original in a long time. So... Uh, I was surprised by Lock and Key, and I am excited to get back into it. I read the first book a long, long time ago when I was learning how to read a comic book, and I barely remember any of it. Um, 
I thought about going back and reading the series after watching the show, but I didn't want to ruin the show by going, oh, they missed this and that and whatever, so I'll wait until the show's over, or until the show sucks, I guess, and uh, then I'll read the series. Two hours later. Thank goodness this show has three co-hosts, because at this rate, you won't have a show to listen to by next week. From DCComics.com, DC is launching Batgirls, a new... DC is launching Batgirls, a new ongoing series this December from the dynamic writing duo Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, Wonder Woman, and artist George Corona. We are Robin. Batgirls, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown, who are only only able to navigate the dark, gritty, and oftentimes scary Gotham City by leaning on each other's friendship. Mentored by Oracle, the Batgirls move to the other side of town where Barbara Gordon can keep a better eye on them, while the hacker see- hacker seer is still invading their lives. Steph may be too rash sometimes, and Cass doesn't speak much. But what they lack in similarities, they make up for with their uh, mutual respect and love for each other. And what makes them strong, stronger together as Batgirls. This rebellious group of superheroes team up to kick ass and try to make it as normal teenagers in this pizza slumber party of a series packed with energy, attitude, and friendship. See, I was sold. Because it sounded like a regular comic book with regular comic stories with bat girls instead of bat guys. And it's like, it just sounds like a normal comic book, not hamming it up for f- a female audience until the last sentence with pizza and slumber, slumber parties, parties and the power of friendship. And it's like, come on. like I noticed that we're getting some really shitty DC um like comic series so that we have already have like bat family or whatever it is and like i looked at the art and i looked at the story and i'm like this is like it's a sitcom they're making sitcom comics it just seems like people that are tone deaf that think they know what the kids like trying to make something for the kids and it's just not it no definitely not so uh i don't know the art for like the bat family i'm not so bad but, like, I'm scared to see how this is going to turn out. I'm not trying to be a neckbeard. I'm just saying, like, maybe girls just want regular comic books, too. Yeah, so... I, it's like everything in life. So, <laughs> we have things that both men and female use. But we have a female version of it and a male version of it. Why is that when they're both used the same? Yeah like razors yeah dude literally females with razors are so expensive just because they're branded female razors we have so many stupid shit like that i've and never now, female razors but now i'll have to well that's because you don't have a girlfriend well not anymore i still don't fucking believe you you definitely died of starvation anyway she doesn't like the uh the apparition 
then yeah she mm, liked me in my my physical form if you know what i mean she's not worth it bud (laughs) she wants you for your body but she's so hot Ah, she can always touch your dead body (laughs) she's canadian i mean you can't go wrong they they know (laughs) where the fuck are you going (laughs) what canadian do you know wants a dead body no, that's not where I was going at all. I say she's hot because she's Canadian. Because she has French in her bloodline? Because even when she's trying to insult me, it's still nice. <laughs> fucking moving on. <laughs> uh, from DCComics.com again. Launching this December from Jeff Lemire, the creator of Sweet Tooth, comes a new twisted take on Swamp Thing. Both starting with S and T. Haha. With the three-part miniseries Swamp Thing Green Hell from DC Black Label. Or in this instance, it's Green Label. One of the great artists of modern DC history, Doug Monk. M-A-H-N-K-E Monk. Known for JLA and Final Crisis joins Lemire on this gory, gruesome monster mash where the fate of humanity rests in the hands of someone who isn't human at all. The earth is all but done. The last remnants of humanity cling to a mountaintop island lost in endless floodwater. The parliaments of the green, the red, and the rot all agree it's time to wipe the slate clean and start the cycle of life over again. And to do so, they've united their powers to summon an avatar one of the most horrific monsters to ever stalk the surface of this forsaken planet. Against a creature like that, there can be no fighting back, unless you have a soldier who understands the enemy. Someone who has used its tactics before. Someone like Alec Holland. Shame he's been dead for decades. On sale December 28th, Swamp Thing Green Hell is a dark dystopian tale for the ages. I'm excited for this. This Sounds really good. I'm always down for a kick-ass Swamp Thing story. Me too. So. Makes me want to rewatch Swamp Thing. I liked that a lot. It was okay. I thought it was really good. It could have been a lot better. Like, you can see it for what it should have been. Could have been. I think it was really good. I, I don't know, man. Like, okay, so on the level of, like, TV show, I think it was really good. Yeah. So let's think about if TV shows were the only thing that existed. But they don't. But think <laughs> about that. You gotta think about that level. Not everything else. Right. I don't know. It just seemed like they cut down some of the horror a little bit for for content and they had a limited budget, so like they did the best they could. But you can still tell when things are like a little bit styrofoamy, and I think they did an amazing job with what they got. Okay. With what they had, I think you're a hypocrite. No oh, so. wrong word. I think you're just snooty. Yeah, snooty. Okay. <laughs> From Marvel.com, J.M. Dematias, that's what you're getting. All your names, false now. 
writer of influential Spider-Man stories such as Craven's Last Hunt and Spider-Man The Lost Years, will make his celebrated return to Marvel Comics this January with Ben Reilly's Spider-Man. The iconic Spider-Man scribe will reveal new stories in the life of Peter Parker's clone Ben Reilly during this time as Spider-Man. Dematis will be joined by X-Factor and Domino artist David Baldian. Baldman. David Baldman, as they unlock new secrets about this fan favorite hero. In the same vein as Peter David and Greg Land's hit symbiote Spider Man series, Ben Riley's Spider Man will explore th- thrilling new mysteries set in this classic time in Spider Man history. Darkness looms over New York City as murders begin to pile up, but how are they all connected? Meanwhile, a mysterious figure from Ben's past has crawled his way back into Ben's life. Does the, Raven- does the Ravencloth Institute for the Criminally Insane hold the key to their identity? I'm probably going to pass on this one. Me too. Uh, Spencer is probably super psyched about it, and he'll keep up on it, and he will inform us if it's good or not. Spencer's psyched about every comic. Nah. It sounds like he kind of is. No, definitely not. He just makes... Nah, nah. He's trying to be inclusive. Nah, I don't care. Me either. <laughs> <clears throat> Last bit of news, because this section has run on too long. From sci-fi.com. Today in the pages of Batman Urban Legends number 7, the future hero known as Batman Beyond returned to DC <gasps> Comics with the battle of his life. In the new story, Terry McGinnis was tasked with finding out who killed his mentor Bruce Wayne <gasps> and discovered plenty of new secrets about his city in the process. Now, with the legacy of Batman resting squarely on his shoulders, Terry McGinnis is embarking on the next chapter of his adventure in Neo-Gotham. As teased on the final page of his Urban Legends story, next year will bring the launch of Batman Beyond, colon, Neo Year, a six-issue miniseries from writers Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing and artist Max Dunbar, the same creative team who brought Terry back to solve Bruce's murder. Drawing inspiration from classic noir stories like Batman Year One and Batman The Long Halloween, Neo Year will follow Terry as he sets out to rebuild the Batman legacy for himself, even as the very heart of Neo-Gotham seeks to oppose him at every turn. Quote, this is the long-awaited next chapter in Terry McGinnis' life, one where he must learn what becoming a Batman means to him in a city that doesn't want to be saved, end quote, Lansing told Sci-Fi Wire. Quote, we're digging into the noir tradition of Batman Year One and Long Halloween to push Terry past the lessons Bruce gave him and into a tradition defined by his own character and the strange new Gotham in which he operates. What's past is prologue. The ba- This Batman must go beyond i am so fucking excited for this i've been i've been wanting to get into batman beyond and after hearing this i want to i want it just gonna get it all yeah i gotta get it all i have to get it all now i love batman beyond i loved the show i loved the movie and i'm excited to read the comics i've heard mixed feelings but this sounds really fucking good yep i still need to finish the show but I'm trying to finish Clone Wars first, and yeah. then I'll go Justice League, and then Batman Beyond. You could just go to Batman Beyond, watch one episode, 
from Justice League? That's a bet and be honest. No, I want to watch all of Justice League, though. And it's only four seasons. Ah! Two, no, there's Justice, two League, and Justice, Justice League, League and then two of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. I mush it all together. It's four seasons. Okay. Okay. Do you watch all Bat Beyond? Are you Batman animated series? What? Have you watched all Batman the animated series? Not all. No. But listen, if I gotta get the Batman Beyond... If... You don't need to go through Justice League. I you, want to, though! You don't, You need to go through Batman the animated series before Batman Beyond. Curses! Alright. Since I've been gone, you guys have struggled with the correct order of the show. Wrong. After the news is the main topic. So today's main topic is Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child. Uh, I think it's officially part four of the Dark Knight Returns yeah. series. It is a one shot. I don't know, freaking 38 pages long. Something like that. Uh, it released. I think last a couple year. years ago. A couple years ago? Yeah, it was like last year. Something like that. Who cares? I'm not looking it up. If you're really interested in when it came out, you can look it up. It is written by Frank Miller. And I want to take the time right now to correct you guys again. Frank Miller wrote the Dark Knight Returns series. Frankus Millerus wrote the 300 series. It's a joke on Roman names that Spencer doesn't understand! Written by Frank Miller. Art by Raphael Grandpa. With a little asterisk over the second Grandpa. A. That's his last name. G-R-A-M-P-A with a squiggly. Wow. Uh, also, Andy Kubert, Alex Sinclair, Brad Anderson. They all did a bunch of stuff but with no specific credits. So the child that we saw in Dark Knight 3 Master Race always strapped to Wonder Woman's back. Because mm-hmm. she did the do with Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, again. Yes. Uh, has grown up a little bit now. Is no longer baby. And is like 8 or 10 now? I thought he was like 6 or 7. Yeah, okay, cool. I think he's like 6 or 7. Something like that. I don't know. He's uh, so, it's so weird. He's like so... Like... His brain works like different. Yes. Like he's more... It's almost like he's more mature than his older sister. So he spends a lot of time talking with his older sister, Lara. The art style saves this whole comic, I'm telling you. Hold on. Uh, I'm trying to recap the story real quick. Okay, sorry. They are looking on how despicable humanity is and how they should be able to save themselves and they treat each other so poorly and they spend all their time eating and shitting and eating. And shitting. And then suddenly Darkseid and Joker and then they fight Darkseid and he goes away until he comes back and they fight Darkseid again and I think that's pretty much it. Colin. Yeah. What are some thoughts you have about this story? Um, the Joker dude was out of the blue, and fucking Darkseid was out of the blue. Like, so we have a an election that that Trump is the president, or elect, being elected to be president, and he's like the only one. We don't see any other candidates, nothing else, nothing political. It's like, it's like Frank's trying to be like, 
This comic is just, uh, fuck Trump. Yes. And, but with Darkseid and Joker, fake Joker, whatever that dude is. It's- Batman's not even in this. We just get a thumbs up text from Batman. <laughs> Which I really like. That's one of my best moments in this book. Is I like that, that the emoji that Batman sends isn't just the regular thumbs up. It's the bat gauntlet with the little wing sticking out of it with a thumbs up. He would do that. He I would. Feel like he would do that. It's freaking awesome. He would have his own stuff. Um, the but, art style saves this entirely, I feel uh, like. I was going to go off on your previous point a little bit. Okay, sorry. Everybody knows how I feel about politics and comic books. Okay, yeah. That's but this is extremely one sided in uh, towards a belief. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, there's no breaks on it. It's not trying to be subtle at all. I don't know what the message is about this book. There's no mess. I don't know what the message is. Anybody I don't know what trying to tell me. in favor of Trump being president is a Joker clone, and it's quickly revealed that Darkseid and Joker are like leading the Trump campaign in the media, and like everybody against Trump is presented as a normal poor innocent civilian that's beat up by the joker clones no matter where you fall in your political camp the bias is apparent in this Mm. this feels like a political cartoon that belongs in a newspaper i agree with you like political cartoons are so cringe they are very cringe and that's what this feels like yeah for the first half pretty much it doesn't make sense um also so the in our last book we saw Laura or Laura whatever she finally came down from her high horse and like stood on ground with Superman right yep she's going to learn yep this book throws that out completely undoes it completely undoes she's it she's ready to she, wipe out humanity again again and it's the son who's like well younger no. brother yeah yeah uh, Superman's son yeah, yeah yeah so it's the younger brother the son the golden child. It's just like oh, and also it, he has a he has a golden jacket by the way, guys. It, just so it's not anymore on the nose. He's the one talking her down and is like, well, I don't know. I mean, like I picture the Morty voice when he's talking, like, uh, Rick, I don't know, like, really, maybe, maybe they're okay. Like, yeah, we have to protect them all the time, but I don't know because he's very, he's very like, he's very direct with his with like how he talks. He's yeah, like very, like, he's very like no. <laughs> it's like how where's this wisdom coming from child right? like yeah he's supposed to be like he has all this power and shit like that he's just like floating in the middle of the room and then superman and laura just go away and he's still floating in the living room i i like that he floats upside down though sometimes right? i like that i like yeah that would be something to do you mentioned the artwork and uh i wrote a note about it uh, uh, horny actually it feels like it's made by an artist that's talented, for one, but two, uh, appreciates every book in the series, including the yucky one, uh, TDK2. Mm-hmm. Like, he can see the good things in that and incorporate some of that into this, whether with colors or certain uh, dimensions or whatever. It's just, it's subtle, but you can easily tell by looking at this. Um, especially after reading, uh, Master Race 
it, it looks very similar to Master Race, but this feels like a, a callback or uh, very reminiscent of uh, the the first two books as well. It just feels like a a good mishmash of all three previous books. Mm-hmm. This is uh... my only complaint is that the Golden Child's head is like oddly proportional to the rest of his body. It's like a third of his body, and it looks weird. Ah, uh, that's kind of how all the kids are in this book. I mean, mm, it's just the art style, I think. I'm fine with that. Kids with, like, bigger heads and their bodies usually kind of make sense in art. Like, it's just, like, that's just how you show or depict kids. So I'm okay with that. I right. understand. I understand it's weird, but, like, I like a lot of the art. Like, especially when it's, like, dark side and shit. Like, it's, right. it's really good. All the dark side stuff is... Really good. Yeah, it's... Visually, uh... it's really good. It's like, what they do for him, like, how they use him is so... It's, like, demeaning to dark side. Like, why I... is he rigging an election? I can't... In Gotham City. I can't think of the word, but it's, it's like, cloud horror. Spencer will yeah. know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. But... He's very ethereal, like He's I very guess. everywhere. Yeah. He is. He's always, well, he's quite often like a cloud or a, a gas planet or mm-hmm. something. And there's like just little hints of a face in there with like lightning. Or raining blood. Yeah. Um, the art style is kind of horny. If you say so, I didn't have any of those vibes. But not like... Not not like objectifying, you know what I mean? Like so look 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 at this. Yeah. That's horny. Nah. That's so horny. Look at that face. You have to think too, that's it's taking what's already been established for how Laura has been depicted, mm-hmm. especially in the last book or two. Like she was always horny in those. And then No. Carrie Kelly. No. Yeah. Go whack it off real quick, cause What do you mean? They're always portrayed super horny in previous books. This one but has like, to use is, a little bit of that. This but... is kind of like tasteful, though. Like it, yeah, it's that's what like, I'm saying. It, it's, it's just like this is this is a female. It's toned down a lot in this one. Oh, definitely, yeah. And is way more appropriate. It's yeah, not like I'm not complaining. It's not like every shot of every female is a pinup like past books. No, definitely not. This one is kind of mostly just them being them. Yeah, I like it. I want to see more of this art style, and I would be fine. I would probably keep reading this universe if it was all in this art style. Interesting. I would. I really... That's what kept me going was the art style. The art style saved the book for me. The story is all over the place and sucks. Yeah. It's super biased and choppy and doesn't make sense. And at the fucking end, we get, like, just, like, Laura and, and the Golden Child just become, like, thin air. Right. What so, the fuck? Where are they? Yeah, the ending doesn't make sense. They just disappear into the Omega Beam that kills Darkseid somehow. None of it's explained. Um, I like how... If this was a good book, it it's interesting how Darkseid and Joker team up. Because there's a little conversation about... Like, Joker is saying Darkseid's crazy, and he laughs it off, but then kind of admits to it, but it's different than Joker's craziness. That's an interesting dynamic, and I want more, because, like, Darkseid is always portrayed as, like, a void. Yeah. That, that can talk. Yep. 
so that makes sense. I want more of that. I want to explore that more. And it was just a one-off conversation that didn't go anywhere. I feel like it's beneath Darkseid to even be around Joker. I feel like Darkseid would never be around Joker. I think it could work if Joker was the front man. If Darkseid was behind the scenes pulling the strings oh, and yeah, making yeah. things happen and everybody just so blamed like Joker. Joker was like uh, fucking Steppenwolf, almost. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're both crazy, but Joker's different kinds of crazy. Joker's actually really good at being a, being a front man. Like how... Yeah. Like what, remember He's in, all show. Remember in the, the Batman where he became a vampire for Dracula? No. You never watched The Batman? No. What? Fucking hell, you're dead now. You have time. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. This book is six bucks for a single really? issue. I wouldn't buy it. Oh, this isn't just one issue? This is just one issue. This is just one issue? Yeah. It's a long issue, but six bucks for a long issue. And I'm not impressed at all. I would say buy it for the art, but also just look up the artist and buy his art. Find a way to buy his art. <laughs> buy other books by him. Yeah. Because the story I'm gonna, sucks. I'm going to look him up, actually, right now. Um, yeah, this book sucks. There's nothing redeeming except for the art style. And that's pretty much it. Oh! Uh, this book also is an excellent example <laughs> of... Colin's complaint about the narrative from All-Star Batman and Robin, where everything's repeated a hundred times in the narrative boxes. Oh, shit, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Yeah, like, that's also another thing that was really shitty about this book, was the the boxes were everywhere, like, covering up most of everything. And like, they're just repeating over and over yeah, and over yeah. again. It's so redundant. No, actually, I don't think this was, like, the All-Star. I think this is just normal Mike. I'm uh, Not Mike. Frank. Whoa. Whoa. I need to, like... I need, like, ten Hail Marys right now. For, um, <laughs> the priest of... <laughs> what did we call you? Um, Among Unrama? Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. The, the priest, weren't you? Oh, wait, that was a while ago. That was yeah, an was. old lore that yeah. we have. You, you I am, just... like, the priest of Among, uh, Among Unrama. Yeah. You just committed a heresy? I did. I'll have to, like... Um, whip yourself. Sc- I'll, yeah, I'll have to whip myself and, like, scream 10 Hail Marys and probably, like, 20 more um, Bloody Marys. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, no, the the words are really bad, and this is just regular Frank. Frank just, like, he repeats shit. He's like, I got him. I got him real good. It's like, that. that's how he says shit, or he's like, uh, every time that we see her, she's like, and she, like, goes into fight. She's like, I put on the Sonics. Sonics are real good. It's right. like, what the fuck? And it's always, like, trying to impress the original Batman. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing that makes her unique. Not anymore. She used to be, so, like, something unique. She used to be, like, she felt free. Right. Like she was, like, a character that became free. Right. She made her own origin story, and she was her own hero. Like, yeah, she was trained by Batman, but she was doing her own thing. I think it's annoying as shit that she's actually Batgirl, or Batwoman. I think it's stupid. I always get annoyed when people become Bat-something because you are not becoming your own thing. And even if you put on this mantle, you're not, you're still not, you're you're wearing, sorry to quote Titans, but it's true, where 
it's like uh, it's like your dad's telling you to put on his old slippers and sleep in his old in his own bed, and you give him his old house and you. Uh, drink out of his old mug. You're nothing. Nothing is you. Right. Nothing is your own. You are just becoming someone else or trying to be someone else rather than being your own thing. Where Robin, that's the coolest who, thing about Nightwing. Yeah, that was a cool. That's the best. One of the best things about Nightwing. He is even with Robin. See, one of them can take up the Robin mantle. Yep. and stay Robin because Robin is its own thing. Yep. We've always sh- like talked about and like been shown that like Robin's just the sidekick. He's not. Robin is a character. It's a person. Like so Nightwing. Yeah, Nightwing's a great example of becoming his own person and becoming his own thing. I don't think he should ever be Batman. Yeah, we have these like ideas like who should become Batman. The only person I think and I'm biased, but the only person I think that like becomes Batman and is like his own thing is ba- I think Terry McGinnis. Yep, I honestly think Terry McGinnis is like one of the only, one only one of them that can become Batman creates his own thing because he didn't grow up with Batman. He he found Batman at like, as a teenager, and no matter what Batman like said or shit or whatever, he's just like yeah whatever old man like whatever right like nothing really bothered him about about Bruce, and then we go then we have you know Jason who just becomes Red Hood. He's just becoming some... He's basically taking someone else's mantle, but trying to make it good, or whatever. Whatever he wants to do. <coughs> Tim Drake is his own person as well. And then, but Damien's like, you know, my father, blah, 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 blah. But Carrie could have just stayed as Robin. And, but we had... But Frank had to make her Catgirl. Right. And then Batwoman. Right. Should have stayed as Robin. So, uh, back on my point... Spencer's complained a lot about Frank Miller's writing and how there are uh, narrative boxes all over the place. Yes, so bad. And it's usually really difficult to tell who's narrating. Uh, I appreciate it in the original Dark Knight Returns. Everything after that kind of derails, and I can see his point. This book commits the most of it. It is so bad trying to understand who's talking and it's not even saying anything it's so frustrating mm-hmm. i was really annoyed reading this book it's, it's and so... only finished it because we had to talk about it yeah it's so hard because like sometimes they're written in boxes right like it's narration yep but they're speaking out loud yep how the fuck right <sighs> all right i think we've shat on this, this enough yep <sighs> we will Get our hands on the schedule and fix it because this has been way too much Frank Miller. Way we too thought much. we learned our lesson with Hellboy, but apparently we didn't. So Marvel's What If? Yeah. Uh, I don't have much to say about this. Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to remember what the What If is. It's What If Killmonger saved Iron Man, I believe. Something like that. Hold, please. What if number six? What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? You were right. Nailed it. I only watched it twelve hours ago. <laughs> Me too. I watched it yesterday when I got home from work. Uh, so literally, it's just what if Killmonger? Basically, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark? And played chess with the world so he could get Wakanda. Yes. 
basically what it went to. And I'm like, and during this whole thing, I'm like, what the fuck? It's going all over the place. But then I'm like, it kind of makes sense. But then eventually he does, he gets caught, but then gets out of it. But then he, there's alluding to he got caught again. But we're ending it there. Yeah, it was okay. I didn't really care for it. I liked how it brought back kind of the tone of the original two Tony uh, Iron Man movies. Tony Stark movies? Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man movies, uh, those definitely feel very, very tonally different from the rest of the Marvel movies. Yeah, those two are very their own thing. And the opening... I don't know, 10 minutes of this episode definitely has that feel to it. And then it transitions into like a Black Panther feeling movie, like that tone. Yeah, I so liked that. They, they handle it, it very well tonally. Mm-hmm. Um, the story kind of didn't make sense, though. Like, you have to go in assuming that Killmonger was part of the crew that gets blowed up by Tony Stark's weapons in the opening scene of Iron Man because if you don't have that backstory that that assumption Killmonger just shows up there's no history there's no explanation for why Killmonger is there uh, they talk about it he, he he said in the like that press conference he, he said why he was there which was I can't remember I, I didn't care enough. I was just... He's just like, oh, yeah, the, the reason is this. And, I'm, and my brain's like, oh, there's a reason. I don't even know what the reason was, but I, there's a reason, so I don't care. All right, well, I missed it. I, I, I mean, I literally just didn't care at all. It does, It's like a what if. It's like, it doesn't matter, I feel like. I was excited that they brought back Obadiah Stane, and then they quickly wrote him out. Forced you liked him? him? He was mishandled. He was acted super well. He was written poorly. Well, I mean, like, what I mean is, like, I, I, I have no grievance with the character, but, like, he, nothing ever really stand, stood out for me. No. It it was definitely a, a Marvel Phase 1 villain. Yeah. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they could have... They had so much potential with him, the, the actor played the shit out of it. Yeah. He just needed more in the writing department. Um, we got Chadwick Boseman... Voicing again. This is the third episode in six so far that he's voiced uh, Black Panther. So. <laughs> okay. Kind of blew the load a little early, Spencer, when you said it was so good to hear him for the last time. Just wanted to get that in there. I'm hoping this isn't the end of it. I uh, There's so many theories about how these are going to tie in together in the end. Yeah. Especially because of that commercial that we saw. So I'm hoping that these characters are all interwoven. Say the thing! You didn't say it! No, I'll wait for you to say it! Interlinked. Uh, No, that's not how it works, though. You have to say interlinked. They're so interlinked, and I go interlinked. That's how it works. That's how the thing works. (laughs) I... Always thought you had to interject. Interwoven. Interact. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, gosh. That, that we see uh, all these great characters again. Not just uh, Black Panther. <sighs> but yeah, I, I was underwhelmed by this episode. I, I didn't take a whole lot out of it. All this gave me is 
hey, I should watch Black Panther again. And then I started watching it last night. I... I, I feel music. bad for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Sure. This plot is way more interesting than Black Panther's. Black Panther really kind of just felt like a, a Lion King retold. I guess, but from... But this one took a lot of unique plot points, and like there was... There was no apparent influence. This one was its own story. Okay. From a guy who's never seen Lion King. Um, what? Yeah, I never watched it. I'm not a fucking furry. <laughs> That's how it all starts. Lion King. No. No, I just never no, finished it because I just, just never cared. You just weren't a kid in the 90s. That's not ahead. true. I had it. I had Lion King. I had all of them. Wesley it loved Lion King. I just didn't care. So you're saying Wesley's a furry? Yes. I need to meet this man. Wesley Eaton, my brother, you are a furry. <laughs> are we done with what if? Uh, I think so, but yeah. Yeah, let's, let's just get over it. Okay. All right, so that is the end of what if, and we are now transitioning into individual talking points and what we've been doing to keep busy. I will start first because I... I'm dead and I have dead man's rights. So before I died, I finished Clone Wars season three. Uh, I watched, I don't know, maybe half, maybe a little bit less, and then took a huge break just because it was getting dry and kind of samey and there was nothing like really keeping my attention. So mm -hmm. I took a break and I came back. And the first episode that I came back, it was like mind blowing. I, I, yeah, I couldn't share my excitement enough. The first episode I watched, uh, Count Dooku has uh, Asajj Ventress assassinated because she's no longer serving his purposes. Wow, that early in the show, I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, episode 12 of season three. Hmm. Uh, so then from there, we get, um, we go to, oh, what's the planet? It's not Mustafar. It's Dathomir. Dathomir. We go to Dathomir, yep. and we get the witches of Dathomir, and a conspiracy to replace Asajj Ventress with, um... Uh, freaking... Poop. Nope. Poopin' butt. Darth Maul-looking scary mofo. Oh. Uh, Shit, yellow man. And then after that, we get three episodes of uh, Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan getting sucked up into a freaking... Borg cube, and that's like the whole the birthplace of the Force and stuff. And Anakin's tested. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. To find out if he really is the chosen one, and he's like not all that bad yet. And after that, we have the Citadel, where uh, it's a, a a Force retardant. Uh, prison where they send Sith 
all the time, but there's been a Jedi that's been captured, and the Jedi have to free him from the prison. It's freaking crazy. Like... It gets crazy real fucking fast. I hit up the, the group chat, and I'm like, it feels like it was a rough night, and the creative team went out, and Dave Filoni did a line off a stripper's ass and came back and was like, here's crazy stuff I want to do. And they just went with it. And this show went from, like, two AT-AT walkers out of ten to, like, nine Ewoks out of ten. Like, it just freaking jumped. And I'm promised that it gets even more betterer and gooder and greater after this. Now you understand the hype of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It it's about freaking time. I've I've crested the hill and I'm on the downhill yes. ride. You understand the power Ugh, that was a big stretch. It was. Colin. Yes. Because you don't have any talking points mm-hmm. and we need to kill time because this is a podcast. And that's what podcasts do. Uh, sure. I mean, you just looked at the runtime so far, the recording, and about half of that was you shitting. So I think about ten minutes of that was shitting. Uh, I think it was. 30. I came back and it was like thirty-eight minutes. So I'm like, mm, I feel like. Anywho, like... uh, it's a two-part question. Okay. First, being, what are some of your favorite X-Men? Oh. And second is which one do you identify with the most oh okay so i didn't really care for x-men growing up but Me either but i i always gotta have a, like a favorite with something right right so one of them was... you are not allowed to say emma frost's titties fuck okay so one of my favorites that i always liked was nightcrawler yep yeah dude the night i don't know what it was but bamf yeah dude bamf I don't know what it was. Every single time I saw him, I was just like, that dude's sick. That dude's badass. He is. I don't know what it is. I think it's that, because that was my awakening for demon characters. He's dark and scary, but you get to know him, and he's like he's, a big freaking teddy bear. He's a big, soft Catholic boy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. And like, he can hang by his tail. Yeah, dude. And he's just like, huh. And he goes, bamf. Bamf is freaking iconic. I, I It's love one that. of my favorite sound effects ever. It's a really good one. But it's, it's unique, though. You can't use it all the time. You mm-hmm. have to use it for very specific applications. Which is teleporting. Yes. Bam. Um, so you said three, right? No, no, no. Just some. Oh, some okay. of your favorites, so, and then the one that you identify with like the most. I liked Cyclops for how... I can't remember what suit it was, but I liked one of his suits. I, simply just because that and laser vision sounds cool. Um, and... I've always hated him getting cucked by Wolverine. I, fucking, I really, really hate you that. Know you know what's annoying, too? It's because in the comics, they're a three-way. I still hate it. Because they're... He's gay. They're, he's, or he's bi. And Wolverine's bi. They're in, like, a three-way relationship. And now, typical X-Men, it's way too complicated. Yeah. That I stop caring. It's a, it's a love triangle, and I hate that. I hate, I hate that whole thing. That whole or- ordeal is annoying to me. Yep. And that, what, that's what makes me annoyed with Wolverine, that stupid short fuck. Um, 
I mean, he's he's kind of cool, I guess, when he gets old. But like any other time, I don't really care for Wolverine. Really? But, yeah, I, I think he's annoying. I think he's an annoying little. You show. haven't seen Logan yet. Oh my gosh, we need to watch that with you. Yeah, I need to watch that. I like westerns. Um, probably. So I'll go three. Yeah. So like you know, Cyclops a little bit, Nightcrawler for sure. Fuck yeah, and. Oh, Magneto's pretty cool. I've always liked Magneto. Which one, though? Because you got, like, Old Man 1 with House of X. Or, no, House of M. Uh, you've got... Uh, I think just the idea... Fassbender. I think the idea of Magneto in general. Because I don't know... Ian McKellen. Um, even going off the movies, I think just the idea of Magneto in general. Yeah. Like, any of them is yeah. fine. Because I don't, like, really know any of them. You don't think he's OP? No. Definitely not. Interesting. I think he's... Easy. He, you can beat him. You just kind of have to have like Plastic. no metal and mind like or mind tricks. No, because he's got his helmet on. I think that's bullshit, actually. Kinda, yeah. Because his face is not covered. Yep. And but what makes you? When what makes people think that you have to have this? Exposed for you to be in your brain. It, what if people look under? It's because literally, was, what if you look under and someone's just looking from under, send the signals up through his asshole and it goes to his brain? Literally, it doesn't make sense. It's because he was OP and Professor X had to take him down. Mm, I don't think he's OP. I just think that they should stop sending Wolverine after him. Fucking idiots. Uh, but no, I liked. Um, can't remember his name. Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. That's what? Yep. It's triggered this question. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Colossus. He's one of them. Um. Mainly because of Deadpool. Yeah. Because I'd never really. I mean, seen Colossus in X Men, but I thought he was derpy Dumb. as fuck. Yep. And Colossus in this is like he's it, just Colossus it, it, the entire time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love when superheroes are just like, no, this is just who I am. This is just, this is literally me. And he was written really well in that yeah. one. Like, every line is classic Colossus. I it's love awesome. that. I, I love, I like, so yeah, my two favorites are Colossus and um, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler? Nice. Yeah. But the one I relate to, I feel like it would be Nightcrawler. I think I've just always been close to Nightcrawler. He's yep. just been close, in, close to my heart. You know, just a soft, soft Christian boy. Uh, he's Catholic. It's Christian. Catholicism is Christianity. Catholics are whores, though. This is true. <laughs> Fuck the Catholics. Are you a whore? Mm, sometimes. So I, I think guess, everyone's a whore. I guess that's why. Uh, from you your have... story, you're a fucking whore too, you <laughs> slut bag. Oh my gosh! A year and a half of you need a woman. You finally get one. Die! And you've had too slut much wind. Now you're slut shamed. <laughs> slut. I can't win. All right, I'm gonna throw. Two talking points into one oh, because I've got the same complaints for both. Uh oh. And I alluded to it while you were shatting. Nice. Sharting. I prefer sharting over shatting. I prefer coming. Oh, duh. Who doesn't? Yeah. I don't like things in my ass. Uh, I alluded to this earlier when you were sharting. Uh, I watched the Netflix original Sweet Tooth and. Jupiter's Legacy. Whoa, okay. Up to a point. I only watched a couple episodes of each. Of each. I watched uh, four out of eight of Jupiter's Legacy, and I watched two or three of Sweet Tooth. 
Uh-oh. Sweet Tooth is like, hey, there's a pandemic going on and people are scared and staying home. Let's put that in a TV show and show everything that everybody's going through. Because they don't, they want to see more of their everyday life. Yeah, it's, they don't want to escape or it's anything. It's super freaking annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like the idea of um the 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 mutants basically that are made and that was really interesting and it was an evil freaking uh pharmaceutical company committing experiments and stuff like that's still kind of kind of based on current events sort of but they were taking it into crazy escapism uh land uh, yeah ideas and it was interesting but they didn't spend enough time on that it was like this is the reason why we're showing everything else that we see every single day and i was annoyed and the tone didn't grip me at all it it had a weird sense of humor that didn't catch me so it's fine if other people like it but it just didn't connect with me and i stopped watching because i was bored and annoyed Jupiter's Legacy, on the other hand, is, uh, as you can imply from the name, all of the, I want to say Roman mythology? Like Jupiter, Saturn? Probably, I don't know. I don't freaking know. I don't know, what it, whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever, you little tower bitch. It, it's freaking mythology. Oh, you As know. superheroes, which could be cool. But you start watching it. And it's literally the Netflix adaptation of The Boys. I yeah, I figured as much. It looks like it. Yeah, it it every negative connotation I hope is in that sentence. It's so thin and monotone. It's just somebody ripping off The Boys, and it's awful. That sucks. It's downright awful. The acting is awful. The effects are okay. The story's awful. It doesn't make sense. It is kind of cyclical. The timeline is kind of confusing. It shows, like, something happen, and then it goes, chops that up, and then inserts, like, backstory, and then what was happening when that happened, and then it shows it happened again. Like, it's all over the place. Characters suck. They, They aren't heroes. And it doesn't even do that as well as why? The Boys does. Why do we have that? I don't understand. It's terrible. I hate it. What's the value in it? What's the What's the point of doing stuff like that or creating I, stories like that? I don't know. Is it, like, funny? Is that no. why? No, it, no. No, but I mean, like, do people find that funny? Is that why they think it... They, they Is that why they like things? Are you saying the timeline thing? No, like, stories that are like that in general. Like, the superheroes don't... Aren't good. Or so, they, like, suck or shit like that. Yeah, I really struggle with this. Spencer and I have argued it for years. Uh, the boys' comic book has a very flippant tone about it. It's kind of... It's like a parody. Mm-hmm. It's trying to make a point. Yeah, okay, so there's a point. Yes. The boys' TV show changes it a little bit and is trying to make it serious and 
but still has the characters portrayed the same. So they're heroes that are completely awful trash bags. Mm-hmm. So it, it's relayed in a different tone. The The book is trying to be funny and say, look at how awful this is. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so awful. Would you just look at it? And the boys is serious. <sighs> but yeah, I, I really don't like when heroes aren't heroic. I and villains are morally gray. I yeah, because then the because then the villains are more heroes. Right. I just want good versus evil. I I'm okay with morally gray. Actually, I enjoy morally gray versus morally morally gray. Captain America punching Hitler in the face. I want it simple. I want simple escapism. That's always good, but I enjoy morally gray. So like, say. The guy has good intentions, but his actions are very questionable. Or it's a guy does good things, but not because he wanted to do good things, because he was going to get something out of it. So it's like those two versing each other. That's fine. But that's nowhere near the boys. Yeah, for sure. That's why I stopped watching the boys. I just didn't really... Yep. You'll hate the book. Probably. I will never read the book. Even if it's a topic, I won't read it. Okay. Yep. Uh, that is the end of the show. For listening to my, uh, <laughs> Thank you for listening to my talking consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And Spencer's, uh, you know, uh, your face. Collins. Wow. Very real physical body. <laughs> yeah, you wish you had this body, didn't, don't you? Oh, I wish I had that body last night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do not think Spencer will be back next week. Um, I highly doubt that we will be ready to cover next week's topic. So, who knows? The cat is away, the mice will play, you know what I mean? You know, just like Hellboy said, Hey, witch! You better watch out, I've been drinking with ghosts! That's gonna be us next week. Freaking right. Ghosts can drink too. Yeah, dude. Uh, Thank you to our... Uh, partners? Our, our partners. Our associates. Our little associates. Our little simps out there. Our oh. mega simp, Business Casual. Thank you. Our other simps, Wesley Eaton, you furry. And Jeff, R- R- Jeff Lorenz, your simp, mega simp. Thank you. Yes. Thank you to all of you for uh, just showing us some love, uh, some support, keeping us going. Uh, without you, I would have given up already. Doesn't matter, I'm dead anyway, so I need something to do. But, I mean, Colin... Your unfinished business is this show. Right? That's why I'm still here. <laughs> what a miserable life. <laughs> <laughs> you have to read Frank Miller. What a miserable <laughs> afterlife. <laughs> <gasps> Can I go to Purgatory now? Fuck no, you're stuck here. <laughs> My little ghost boy now. Uh, speaking of partners, we also appreciate the support, love and support that we get from Jetpack Comics and Games in Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, today is Batman Day. We have been trying to wrap this recording up quickly so that we can get over there and save some money by spending money, if that makes any sense. Uh, you should... Go over there and show them some money by saving money by spending money uh, as soon as you are done listening to this episode, which should be within the next five minutes, hopefully, maybe, probably. Uh, we 
love going to Jetpack Comics. They're super cool. And you will probably love going there too. They have all kinds of crap. Buy it. Yeah! If you want to be a business associate with this show, I hope you can hear my tummy rumbling. <laughs> if you want to buy me a sandwich... You don't need a fucking sandwich, you're dead. Actually, can... Nah, maybe you can eat. I hope so. My tummy's rumbling. Nah. You've definitely heard it in the mic. That's probably purgatory uh, for you. Go to patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros. There's a couple of different tiers there. Show us some love and attention. Give us some money. Uh, even ghosts like money. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, jokes that you want to hear on the show, if you have a question that we can use for when Colin doesn't read anything on his own time, uh, send them in. We love hearing from our listeners, all three of them, including our moms. Your mom listens to us? Mine does. No. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's care. mom listens to us somewhere, though. Tune in next week. You'll get some random bullshittery. It'll be awesome. The title will be I Heart Hot Moms. It's only a little bit hot. So this is me talking normally right here. La 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 la. And this is talking. This is me also talking. Talk, talking. I'm suckling and talking the titties. Suckling. Suckling. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're interlinked. <laughs> you gotta explain that I'm dead just in case somebody turned in. Tunes in this week. And Jacob died two weeks ago, so. <laughs> no, I can't say that. We already. So our thing was we talk about it once and then we just pretend it never happened. Uh, uh, okay. Like that. Like like we kind of just don't give a shit. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> that was Spencer's idea, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what? I'll jump in after this one so that you can say from GamesRadar.com and then we can do. Do the interlinked. A ghost. <laughs> this is hard. I know. Voice, voice acting's hard. I love bat titties. I'm looking up to see which episode it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sound like a hungry boy over there. I haven't eaten yet. Damn, bro.